Welcome back to episode 44 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen a series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler free where I give my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into High School DxD, released in 2012 by Studio TNK. It has 12 episodes and comes in both sub and dub. I watched the series in sub. Issei Hiyoto is a horny high school student that spends his days peeping on girls with his friends and thinking about boobs. Until one day his lustful nature leads him into a trap resulting in his demise. Issei is saved by Riaz Gremory who reveals herself as a devil. Issei, now a supernatural being, is forced to adjust to his new reality in a world of angels, devils, and danger. Issei has been transformed into a devil and taken in by House Gremory. He cannot travel by magic circle, we never see him use his devil wings to fly, and he cannot form a pact if his life depended on it. During my second viewing of this season for the review, I forgot the improvements to the body that come along with being a demon. Devil senses, night vision, increased hearing and strength are all included. Issei is special, possessing a sacred gear making him powerful enough to be a threat against all the different factions. Issei is partnered with Drag, the Red Dragon Emperor, whose abilities focus on boosting power by doubling it over and over. While all of Issei's new powers are cool, I want to take a look at the circumstances that led him to being nearly killed. One of the most difficult things to do is take a look at ourselves critically. Issei is not so stupid he doesn't know how he is perceived at school. You're known by the company you keep and Issei's friends are perverts. The freaks watch porn together. All they do at school is talk about boobs and ogle females. The girls are vocal about the discomfort it causes them and what they think of Issei's group. With that being said, Issei should have enough self-awareness to understand a gorgeous dark-haired beauty would never chase after him to confess. Issei hasn't seen Yuma before and she's never spoken to him, yet she has somehow gained feelings for him. Come on, Issei, have some common sense. I knew something was wrong right away. Girls being out of a guy's league is not a real thing, so my point isn't she's way too hot for him. I'm just saying at that age, if a stranger asked me to date, I'd be looking around like the fix is in, which one of my friends is pranking me. The way in which she approached him made zero sense, and none of the red flags were noticed by Issei. He was too distracted by a pretty face. Issei simping for the first girl to look his way leads to a gruesome attack. He is such a loser, even when Yuma is transforming and he is dying on the ground in a pool of his own blood, all he can think about is boobs. I get Yuma not wanting Issei's power to be used against the fallen angels, but why did she have to toy with him? She could have just killed Issei without making him fall for her. We have all had awkward dates when we were younger, but Issei planned a decent one. Hearing Yuma mock his effort when they ran into each other in their church basement was heartbreaking. Then the evil witch transformed back into innocent Yuma form for one last tug on Issei's heartstrings. Even if it would have been difficult, I feel Issei should have ended Yuma himself and not have relied on Riaz. The power dynamic was very well done with a three-way standstill. The angels looked down upon everyone and had the church as their foot soldiers. Fallen angels have lost their grace, putting them in the middle, not wanting to cooperate with their previous ties in heaven, yet not so far gone they want to join the devils. And devils would be a natural enemy to any angel. In addition to this, I love the devil households being set up as chessboards. Issei is hurt when discovering he is a pawn, the sacrificial piece. He believes that he has been placed in the weakest part of the family. That is explained until the more powerful a piece, the more room they take up on the board. Issei's potential is so extraordinary, he has filled all eight pawn pieces in the Gremory family. Riaz explains that pawns can be looked at as a throwaway piece, but they can be promoted and granted the powers of every other piece on the board, aside from the king. Why would you waste something with those capabilities? If you look at their position, pawns are in front of the royals as a first line of defense. Their job is to protect the most important pieces. 
It was an interesting and different way to flip the assumption of what a pawn could be used for. Issei is an idiot, he has no real comprehension of his power, yet he tries to fight a high-ranking devil for Riaz and ends up getting blown to the roof by one of his pawns. What's even sadder is Riser is technically Issei's hero, he has a full board of girls, literally king of a harem. Issei weaponizing his perversions was hilarious and seeing him trained by everyone was fun. Issei eventually develops his own power dress break, an ability he shares with Arata from Trinity 7. I was worried Issei being the weak-minded tool and having to fight females, he might underestimate them, but Riaz shut that down real quick. Issei strips the girls naked, having them too embarrassed to fight. I laughed at this just because of how proud Issei is of this immature talent. Issei has the gift granted to all anime protagonists, the dodging skills of Neo in the Matrix. From the chainsaw girls to the fist fight with Riser's biker Rook, he barely gets touched. Issei's biggest issue is focusing on others instead of himself. He gets hit while watching Konoko fight the Rook in the gym, and Kiba fighting the knight in the courtyard. He doesn't notice the queen fly over and blast him and Aja as they're talking. Come on man, pay attention. Then he continues talking about how he will fight instead of actually fighting. Riser is whooping his ass while he keeps babbling on. In the rematch, Issei's dragon armor was so fire it looked cool. He used everything he learned from training to win. It was a pleasure watching him come back to lay a smackdown on Riser, so bad his sister had to step in and save him. Riaz is sexy, her blue eyes glisten, her red hair is gorgeous, banging body aside, she has an attractive way about her. It's a mixture of cold but confident. The way Riaz carries herself at school and how she dealt with the fallen angel that came at Issei after she turned him. She has this cool smooth aura. Riaz is the next in line to head house Gremory, and her brother is currently the devil of all devils. Riaz is the king of her club and master to all other pieces on her board. Her fighting style is blasting red and black energy out of magic circles, and she is known as an annihilator. Riaz makes her intentions clear, she invests in her pieces for power, she only brings Aja back for the healing capabilities. Issei is manipulated at every turn by Riaz, go fight your ex to unlock your power, you can touch my boobs but only if you make a pact. She only wants to bang him so she would be impure for marriage with Riser, and when she told him to take her virginity quickly, I doubt that would have been an issue. It would have been over before she knew it. Riaz feels trapped by her family name and Issei said the right thing at the right time. He is so dense and doesn't comprehend devil things, he purely likes Riaz for Riaz. Aja has been given the power to heal wounds, a blessing she believes came directly from God in order to help people. Aja during her introduction is a servant of the fallen angels after she had been excommunicated from the holy church. This causes a problem because she is the first friend Issei makes outside of his loser group that he needs to separate himself from anyway. A devil and his sister walk into an arcade, it sounds like a bad joke. When Riaz declares Aja as his enemy and warns him to stay away from the church, Issei ignores her. Issei refuses to give up on his friend and even requests to be let out of house Gremory. He wants to save Aja and he puts her over the club. Whenever I see a high school DXD waifu ranking list, Aja is given negative points. When it comes to hated or useless characters, I see her on those lists too. Just like I did for Aqua and Konosuba, I'm going to defend why I feel Aja is not nearly as bad as people make her out to be. My first reason on why she is a great character is the friendship built between her and Issei. Up until this point, Riaz is only interested in making Issei a servant, and the other members of the club only speak to him because he's a devil now. Issei pulls Aja out of her bubble, showing her how the average teenager sloppily eats a burger and takes her on a full day of fun. Issei and Aja develop a genuine friendship. With this, Issei makes Aja's dream come true. He is her first friend, but meeting him eventually leads her to getting many more. Issei's motivation is to become the king of harems. That is his driving force, I feel like labeling Issei a simple man would be an understatement, but Aja is the first member of his harem, Issei and Aja kick off each other's dreams. 
My next point is they protect one another. Aja defended Issei putting her life in danger against Freed. She believes he's a good person and overlooked him being a devil. Issei had tried to save Aja in return and you could see the hurt in his eyes when he was forced to leave her behind. Aja gives herself back over to Yuma for the fear Issei will be hurt if he continues to try to keep her away from the fallen angels. Aja is also Issei's motivation to get stronger. He begins to train in order to save her from the fallen angels. Aja is the reason Issei awakens his true power defeating Yuma in a rage over losing her. She even defends Issei against his parents who hilariously downplay him as a loser the entire season, having no faith in him at all. Issei somewhat selfishly keeps the other boys away from Aja like his gross buddies and Saji, one of the student council devils, but that is still protecting her. Finally, Aja makes Issei a better person. She is the first girl we see him put his lewd thoughts aside for, even though Issei himself mentioned she is his ideal girl, during their first encounter that started in an embarrassing fashion for Aja. Issei forgot about being a creep for a moment and helped her up when she fell, then caught her veil before it blew away in the wind. The emotion between Aja and Issei when she is dying after her sacred gear has been removed showed just how close they had become and what she meant to him. I just don't see how Aja could be disliked, she had some of the best development in this season. Aja eventually becomes a bishop on Riaz's board. I felt bad for her becoming a devil, she really had no say in it. Even though choosing it over death would be a no-brainer, I'm sure there are many extreme religious nuts that would choose death over being a demon. Poor Aja gets a headache every time she tries to pray. She can no longer read the Bible, hold a crucifix, or bless herself with holy water. All these things are harmful to a devil. Akino, the priestess of thunder, is Riaz's best friend and queen to her family. Akino serves as the right-hand lady to the group. She is a sadist, maniacally laughing while frying her opponents. When Akino placed a barrier around the fallen angels to keep them from escaping during the ritual at the church, all I could think of was a Bronx tale where the bikers enter the bar and Sunny locks the door like, now you can't leave. Konako is the rook. Her attributes are high defense and strength. Even with these powers, I don't understand why she would let herself be swallowed by the stray devil's fang vagina. Konako is actually known around the school. Issei recognized her right away when first coming into the club room. Rewatching this season, I didn't remember these characters being popular. I would have imagined they would attempt to keep a low profile being magic and all. Konako's personality is very relaxed and she loves snacking on the couch. When it's time to throw down, I loved her giving no regard to stealth, assuming the fallen angels knew they were at the church already. She just booted the door down without a second thought. I had seen pictures of Konako before, not knowing this was the series she was in. I always remembered her being a cat girl, so I was thrown off when she didn't have ears or a tail. At the time, I assumed it must have just been fan art I saw. One of my favorite character traits of Konako is she does not mess with Issei. She finds him to be a disgusting pervert, while Riaz and Akino find Issei's perversions charming. Konako calls him out for his nastiness. She is the one dissenting vote keeping Issei out of the bath with the girls. Konako is truly an evil piece. I love her MMA fighting gloves, but this series disrespected the hell out of her. After an impressive victory over Street Fighter's very own Chung Lee, Konako gets blasted cowardly from behind and is wiped out of the raiding game. They couldn't even give her an honorable exit taking on a knight or something. Kiba is a chick magnet, but he doesn't take advantage of the fact all the girls at school admire him. He is the knight of host Gremory, who is an incredibly skilled swordsman. Kiba's fighting style relies more on speed, and the first thing that drew me to Kiba is he is with the shits. He stepped up right away to help Issei, probably out of some twisted honor respecting Issei not abandoning someone in need, when it came time to save Aja. Kiva's sword battle with Freed in the church was one of the cooler shot sequences in this season. I have to be fair and not just dick ride this series, his backflip to avoid Freed's bullet was a little stiff in the animation department. I wish it had shown Kiva whooping the three pawns asses in the raiding game, but his next battle made up for it. Watching him and other sword wielders is where the combat in DxD shines. 
Kiba is damn near Archer in a reality marble, just making swords whenever he feels like it. Kiba was taken out in the same bullshit way Konako was, but it was after his awesome combo attack with Issei, so I was okay with it. Even though it was forced at the beginning, I really enjoyed Issei and Kiba creating a friendship, the boys of the occult club. Freed was a stray priest and part of a devil-killing organization of exorcists. He was a crazy-looking nutbar and even killed humans that associated with devils. As much as I didn't like him for exposing Aja and kicking her while on the ground, I have to give respect, his bullets didn't just scratch his opponents, he blew a hole right through Issei's leg. Freed is meant to be annoying, but I enjoyed his cockiness. His line about never having met a devil twice because he is so awesome he destroyed them on the first time, that's some arrogant shit I would say. Freed didn't just fall for the same tricks twice, Konako hit him with furniture at the house, but he actually deflected it in the church. That is until he is simply overpowered by sheer numbers, Watching Freed get folded by Issei embracing Konako's rook power and having her flash over him was dope. I thought the ending of this season was good, I just think it could have been done better. This section is how I would personally tighten up the ending. When Issei awakes a few days after the raiding game, he accepted Riaz's decision to step in and stop the fight way too quickly. He internalizes the blame, claiming to have once again been too weak. I would have had Issei pissed off that she stopped him, believing he still had more to give. Look at boxing, a fighter will always want to go it on their shield, They'd rather die than quit. Sure, this is honorable to say, but in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty idiotic. Fighters will get pissed when a corner man throws in the towel just because they never feel like they're completely out of the fight. One punch can change everything, but when you're taking so much punishment, the risk isn't worth the reward. It's best to live and fight another day. Most won't accept that decision immediately, but hopefully down the line they realize it was the right call. I would have gave Issei that mentality. Have him blow up at Riaz in front of everyone, claiming she never thought he was strong enough. I'd have Issei once again demand to be let out of House Grammarie, claiming he didn't want to be part of a family that didn't believe in him. I would have made it a point to have Riaz being worried that they couldn't win from the start, just with little things having her question moves on the training days and second-guessing strategies. Riaz would of course be hurt by this outburst and Issei would storm out of the club room. Have Issei stop coming around and have a conversation take place with Aja, Kiba, and Konako in private, contemplating if what Issei said is true. Did Riaz truly never believe in them? I'd have Akino overhear this conversation and go speak to a pissed off Issei alone. Akino would explain Riaz loves all the members of her family and she did the hardest thing giving up her freedom, agreeing to marry Riser in order to save Issei's life. Then I'd have Akino leave a still pissed off Issei to himself to think things over. Another detail I would change is Issei got beat two days prior to the party and he slept the majority of the time leading up to it. Waking up out of essentially a coma, I'm now supposed to believe he can defeat Riser. It didn't make much sense. I would have the engagement party happen a month after the raiding game. Having this month would give believable time for Issei to train and get stronger. I still have Issei not be powerful enough to beat Riser, so he still has to make the deal to give his arm to the dragon for the full armor. Then I'd have Issei interrupt the party and challenge Riser to the final fight. Issei still being pissed off and away for this time, I feel it would have made him busting in the engagement party and declaring Riaz as his as more impactful. During the battle, I'd flashback to Aja being the only person in contact with Issei, healing him every night from hard training in secret, similar to when he was learning dress break. Show Issei develop his strategy of using the crucifix to hurt Riser, and discover boosting the holy water could make it effective. The few moments in the actual ending was not enough time for Issei to wake up and suddenly have all these great ideas for fighting Riser. Where was this clever thinking during the preparation week before the raiding game? Nitpicks are fountains a hangout spot for fallen angels? I mean, how many times can Issei get impaled while next to a fountain? Aja uses her healing powers very openly and for a little scrape on a kid's knee. Issei is not much better, he always loudly announces he is a devil when arriving at a summoning. 
Aja, if you're going to run away from the church, don't go 10 minutes away, then stop. The ending credits for this season should have been goaded. Take the sexiness out of it, the animations alone are fire. If Issei's sacred gear was so worrisome to the fallen angels, why did they kill him? Why not just steal his powers like they did Aja? Issei could have covered Aja up when they were having their last moments before she died in the church. The familiar master looks like Gary from Pokemon if after losing to Ash he went out and took every drug imaginable, ran into the woods and never left. Now he sells off rare Pokemon as familiars to support his drug problem. This is backed by Issei saying I choose you when wanting the dragon familiar. If Akuna was just going to blast the gym away, why did Issei and Konoko need to fight the pieces in there? If Akuna just blasted it as soon as they entered, they wouldn't have had time to dodge it. As for the voice acting in this series, Issei is crying out questioning God and begging him not to take Aja away from him. It was excellent. Shout out to Yuki Kaji for that. Quote of the series goes to Riser, Riaz, you're about to be mated. No one can tell me there wasn't a double meaning behind that. Best girl waifu and harem. In my opinion, best girl this season is Aja. I'm sure there will be hate on that choice, but her story with Issei is one of the main reasons this season was more than just a showcase of boobs. She was a good character that was a solid addition to host Gremory as a support piece. Her moving in with Issei was great and I liked them as best friends. Aja was in tears over Issei getting beaten by Riser. She cared for him deeply. Now Riaz is clearly the one Issei should get with, but why not have a friend that clings to you while naked in the bath? Aja is not a waifu to me, but she should not be disrespected like she is. As for Harem, Riaz and Akano, obviously. Yuma is a crazy chick, but I'd still smash. With her teeth, Sloppy Toppy would be out of the question, but she is still in the harem. Final thoughts. I had a blast with High School DxD. It was fun, it was silly, but there were good narratives as well. My criteria for etchy shows is if you took every nude shot out of this season, would there still be a good story? And hell yeah, it would be. This series had great characters and an amazing world build. I would highly recommend you watch High School DxD by yourself. Never let someone walk in on you while this series is playing. That's going to be it for this week's review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.